What's going on, eaters and feeders? Welcome to another Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast where I discuss starting and growing meal prep businesses. Some of this audio is stripped straight from episodes on my YouTube channel, and some episodes are exclusive to podcasts, so you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to both so you don't miss out on any of my weekly content. You'll also want to check out MealPrepBiz101.com, where I've got tons of free content and resources like free software that will run your entire business, free boot camps, free ebooks, private groups, one-on-one consulting, marketing help, and much more. So head on over to MealPrepBiz101.com today and find the answers that you've been looking for. All right, this episode is going to be on production. Again, this is an episode that has the audio stripped from a video. This one may be better to watch the video if you have the option. It's not completely necessary, but I am using my whiteboard again in this video. I write down some notes and I make some references to the whiteboard, but you should be able to get the gist of it just by listening to the audio itself. I do want to apologize in advance for the audio. I didn't know much about production back then. I wasn't using the right microphones, and I tried to touch it up as much as possible in post-production, but when I was recording it, there was a refrigerator in our office, and I had to kind of play around with the sound settings to kind of drown out the hum of the refrigerator because that was pretty obnoxious and the long story short the audio and the editing is kind of horrendous on this one but these were my earlier videos so it is understandable in this episode i am going to be going over production specifically the different types of production that you can set yourself up with when you first start off Uh, as well as getting into a bit about how many people you should be starting off with, how many clients you should be starting off with, depending upon the different structures of production and some other variables, and talking about outsourcing some of your SKUs just to make production a little bit easier, less intense, more manageable, and most importantly, more profitable. Without any further ado, let's get in. Again, bear with the audio. If you want to watch the video, the video probably has slightly better audio, and the link to that is going to be in the show notes. Is it possible to start a meal plan company with just $500? And if so, what would production look like? What are your options as far as production goes? Well, I'm looking to cover all of that in today's video. My name is Casey Cochran. I am the proud co-founder of Fit Food Fresh, and my business partner Stephen and I started it with nothing. No experience, no network, no money. We didn't even have 500 bucks, and we grew it to Florida's highest rated meal plan company. And uh, I've got a series of videos that are going through how I would start a meal plan company with $500 tomorrow with nothing else other than the experience that I've amassed over the last six years. So basically, if I were to just pick up and move to another state with no connections, barely enough money to get there, 500 bucks in my pocket, how would I do it? Well, I should also tell you, I'm not a chef, not a personal trainer, I'm not a nutritionist, neither was my business partner, and as I said before, we've still managed to take Fit Food Fresh 
from zero to Florida's highest rated meal plan company. And something we're very, very proud of. And I would love to show you how you can do it. Because the way I look at it, there's never going to be a business that could put another business out of business unless that business is not treating their members, their clients, their customers the right way. So basically, if I'm doing my job and I'm taking care of my clients and you're doing your job taking care of your clients, there's plenty of people who are eating food who are going to be customers of both of us. So why not share some tips, some secrets, maybe some battle scars and some lessons so that we can help each other sleep a little bit easier and overall provide a better product and service. So in this video, as I alluded to in the beginning, we're going to discuss production. I've got other videos on other stuff from sales to ordering systems, marketing, so check that out. Uh, please subscribe, like, and comment below, but we're going to get right into it because I don't know what else to do now. Production. Production. All right, now there are, and I'm sorry if you can't read this, but actually these are my notes. You should be taking your own notes, so you shouldn't be looking at my notes anyway, but uh, there's three main ways to do production when you're starting out. Now there's going to be you, the chef. You, the chef. And there's going to be hire the chef. And there's going to be outsource the chef. And by chef, I mean the production. Now, you might not be a chef, you might be a personal trainer, you might be a nutritionist, you might be a chef, you might just be a cook, you might not be a classically trained chef, but when I refer to chef, you the chef, that means you're the one in the kitchen making the food. When I talk about hiring the chef, that means you're going to hire someone other than yourself, other than an owner, to be the chef. I guess this would kind of work if you have a partner who's also the chef. That, that could kind of work, but you're just going to have to take on the brunt of the other stuff that I'm going to discuss in other videos. Then there's going to be outsource the chef. And again, this means just production. So outsource the production. Other names for that would be private labeling or white labeling or um, co-packing or, you know, there's, there's different terms. But basically means somebody else's kitchen is manufacturing the food that you're selling. And um, in this instance... My intention is to describe a situation where you're private labeling it. It's your label on the food, your logo, your bag, your customers. They just make the food and seamlessly um, maybe de deliver it. Maybe you handle the delivery, but they're your clients, their food, okay? So um, let's see. Let's go over you, the chef, first. Now, I'm going to discuss this one because this one is probably the most common, most popular. And... Um, this is going to be a situation where I, a lot of times when I've seen it, and these there might be some other model. This is primarily what I've seen, different variations of these three. Um, like I said, this one might be a business partner instead of like the one partner. There might be two. Are you looking for an ordering system that will automate the menial but crucial tasks to help your meal prep grow and to help you capture more profit? Then head on over to mealprepbiz101.com to learn more about the most advanced piece of software that this industry has ever seen. It can seamlessly integrate with your existing website or provide a turnkey e-commerce solution if you don't already have one. Automate everything from taking orders to marketing to customer service and it's all under one roof. You can literally be live within a day and avoid all of the time, the headache, and the expense associated with other solutions. The best part is there's no monthly subscription and there's no annual fee. To learn more, head on over to mealprepbiz101.com.
you the chef. Now, you might be a trainer who's starting to make meals for your uh, clients. Um, like I said, you might be a tr nutritionist making meals for your clients. You might be a chef who's doing like a personal chef kind of gig, picking up a couple of different families or a couple of different executives. The you the chef model, what's dangerous about this is you can make money. You can make a, a pretty decent income if you're doing this the right way. But the problem you have to worry about here, um, among a lot of things, but the general thing is you've got to escape the machine. Uh, now, my business partner and I, you know, we refer to the business as the machine. When you're the, when you're the chef and a lot of times when you're the founder, you're going to find yourself in the machine doing in the business, doing a lot of the things. You're going to be doing the customer service. In this case, you're doing the chef stuff. I was, you know, Stephen and I actually have done everything but the you chef model. We've done both of these. We've never done the chef model, much to the benefit of our customers because Stephen and I don't know how to cook. Stephen can cook a couple of dishes. I'll be fair. He can, he can throw down a couple of dishes. He doesn't cook a lot, though, but he's no chef. I, on the other hand, could burn water. So, Again, much to the benefit of our customers, we were never the chef. So thankfully, because of our ineptitude, we were able to escape this danger. But we've literally done every single part of this machine other than that, from delivery to purchasing to peeling calabasa squash and washing dishes and like literally everything. Customer service sales, obviously, um, that's all in the, bit at the, the beginning when you're you know, the founder, but all the other stuff as well. We did it before we hired out. That's how we started it with zero. That's how we were also technically profitable our first week. Um, but again, we'll get more into that. And it also contributed to starting out in this model our first week. But I'll, we'll get into the model. So escape the machine. When you're the chef, there's uh, we actually are about – we're working on a merger currently with a uh, smaller meal playing company. Under this situation, he was a chef uh, for years, had catering companies. I think he's had restaurants. Um, he's uh, been the personal chef for some very high-end clientele, including um, ce celebrities, P. Diddy, and he's made a meal plan company, um, but now he's also pivoting to go into a more um, health coaching role, and he's liking that a lot more. So he has this great relationship with food and this great understanding with food, and now he's also got the nutritional education, and he's looking to lean more on that. So we're looking to take over his production just because he's realizing that it's hard to get out of this because nobody's going to cook the food as good as you or even if they can cook the food as good as you or better, you're going to take this drop in your pay because you're going to be used to getting the, you know, all of the profit or whatever the profit. Now there's a, a chunk, a big chunk of the profit that's going to be coming out of that, that, uh, that, that weekly batch and uh, that's going to be going to this other chef guy. So you're going to have to make that adjustment. And a lot of people, you know, when they're going on and they're used to that income level, they normally start spending at whatever that income level is. Ignore this stuff. So you're making this income level. All of a sudden, you've got to hire that chef so your income goes down. So now what you have to do, this is your personal income.
If you're looking for answers to questions or problems that I don't cover in any of my videos or content, then you may want to consider booking a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me. We'll do a deep dive into your situation and obstacles to find you solutions and remedies to get you where you want to be faster and easier. After growing Fit Food Fresh, the Florida's highest rated meal prep company from nothing, I can assure you that I've made most of the mistakes and dodged most of the bullets, and I can give you a perspective that will help you see around corners and solve issues that you don't even see coming. We'll book an hour at a time as needed, and I record every session and give you a copy so you don't have to worry about taking notes, just focusing on the problems and the solutions we're discussing. To book your first hour, head on over to mealprepbiz101.com. I'm excited to learn more about you and your service, and I look forward to helping you grow as a business, as an entrepreneur, and as an individual. All right, so now what you're gonna have to do is boost the business's income to now compensate for that drop. So now if you start picking up clients here, Boom, 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 boom. Company starts making more rev and you'll be able to start getting back to that. But that is something that's dangerous. And in general, in business, you have to always assume that there's going to be like these different plateaus where you have to, and the term escapes me, but I know there's a business term, but I'm a high school dropout. Uh, so I don't know that and I never finished college. But there's a term um, that describes basically that. Um, that horizon, that plateau, that that precipice where basically you now have to outlay a bunch of money, or now it all all of a sudden became way. Even though you're growing, you just had to make such a big investment um, in big, getting a new space or hiring a bunch of new people that now you're uh, making less money, maybe not profitable. We've been in situations like that where we've, and I'll, I'll go into that in other businesses where we hired expecting to grow and continue growing but then because of some issue we didn't we didn't grow to where we thought we would be but we still hired enough people to be making that production but since we were making that production that amount of people actually became too heavy and our payroll got off balance and it was ugly because then you're in a situation where it's like well after we get through this season and we fix this the trajectory should be up and we got these really high skilled people and we don't want to like screw them over so well, okay, so it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, getting yourself out of the machine, that's going to be, sorry for digressing, that's going to be the biggest um, fear that I have with models like this. Um, in all of this, you're going to want to keep production very simple. You're going to want to keep the menu very simple. If you can't, if you don't, if you don't have to rotate it, don't rotate it. Maybe rotate it monthly instead of weekly. Um, offer 10 options if you can get away with it. And just keep it simple for all of this because you're purchasing and everything else. Uh, one thing that we were looking at with this guy, he's got like some stuff on the menu. We saw last week, we saw his orders, and he has a veggie lasagna that had one order because he's got like 20 items on the menu, but he had one veggie lasagna ordered. If he only had 10 items on there, and that veggie lasagna was one of them, and you got 20 people ordering, someone, more people are forced to order that. You know how you can't make one lasagna. You have to make a tray of lasagna, so he's wasting a bunch. So keep it simple. Keep it very simple.
the meal prep business can be a beast, especially when you're trying to navigate it alone. That's why I created the Meal Prep Mafia, a private group dedicated to other meal prep entrepreneurs who want to learn, share, and grow together. We've got entrepreneurs from a myriad of different backgrounds with a ton of experience and perspectives that you're able to tap into and learn from. I'm sure you've got questions of your own, but sometimes the most valuable question is the one you haven't even thought of yet. Sign up for the monthly membership and access this brain trust of fellow preppreneurs and see that we can cover more ground faster together. I guarantee it's going to be the best investment that you made in yourself and your business so far. Sign up at mealprepbiz101.com and I will see you in the mafia. Hire a chef. Keep it simple. Very simple. This is actually the second thing that we did just to control production a little bit more and I'll, I'll explain that. Um, but basically when you hire a chef, you're either renting kitchen time or maybe that chef has a kitchen or um, you know something like that. Maybe it's almost kind of like an outsourced situation where you're hiring like a caterer who's working just for you in a small time one one you know, one man shop or small shop caterer. Um, actually, this I'm, I'm probably going to say that this scratch all that. And this one I'm specifically because that kind of blurs the line with outsourcing. We'll keep it really strict. This is straight up hiring somebody who's working exclusively for you. That's a big differentiator. I'm sorry. Hire the chef means you're hiring someone who's only working for you. You control their time. They might have a side gig, but your thing is their main thing. You're not outsourced to somebody else who has different, you know, clients that they have to, um, you know, pay attention to, and you're not doing the production yourself. You hired somebody else. This might also include, you know, your, your business partner being the chef, but um, whatever. For the purposes of this, let's say it does include your business partner being the chef. With this one, again, keeping it very simple. Um, if it gets too elaborate with production, like you're going to think, oh, I got this guy. He's going to be here, so I'm going to just have him make 20 items. No, he's still got to break down and clean up 20 items. It's going to be very quick. It's not going to be very long before um, you're going to have him asking for a prep guy to help him set up or a, a dishwasher or maybe like one guy to do both. But it, very quickly, um, they can be overwhelmed because while it does seem like, oh, he's already there, um, the shopping is another thing. When you're doing more SKUs, it's going to be harder to... Um, purchase efficiently. If you're able to force people to pick a smaller amount, you're, you're going to sell more chicken. So when you buy a box of chicken, you're not going to be getting rid of half of it, you know, something like that. So again, keeping it small, keeping it simple, um, hiring a chef, you're also going to want to, again, make sure that you're going to have the volume that's going to take care of them and leave you profitable. You're going to have to ramp up and definitely see sales and different strategies for that. But you're going to have to want to, want to ramp up quickly in order to have that guaranteed amount. Hiring a chef, I would say in my sales video, I mentioned uh, you know 10 to 20 is a good amount to start. If you're hiring a chef, I would say you're probably going to want to start closer to um, you know 30 to 40 just to make it so that you definitely have enough meat on the bone and um, you can invest in the business moving forward and you're not just like close to a break even or flirting with the red because that gets ugly and it just makes it a much longer process that you could have uh if you have just waited a little bit longer to get the right amount of people and not been so exhausted running the machine but instead just building up that initial purchase you would have started with profit and you would have been ahead of the game and you could have invested in everything that you needed and that would have been the difference between you being at 
you know, a thousand people and 200 people, you know, a year later. Um, so it's a lot in the beginning is about accelerating because those first few people are going to be so expensive to start because you're paying someone to be there to start the production, to do the shopping, to go and do the purchasing, to buy that one box of widgets, that one box of chicken or whatever it is. This isn't a box of chicken. This is from, uh, I don't know, from Amazon. Um, so yeah, you're, you want to make it as efficient as possible. Um, the outsourcing the chef. Now, I'll go into that a little bit more. This is actually where we started. Um, this is, if you're hiring a caterer, I'll tell you the different examples we did. The first one was, the first two were we hired different meal plan companies. Um, they were already literally doing meal plans, and uh, we started with one. We left because um, he just couldn't understand the private label situation. A lot of people aren't going to be willing to do it. They're going to see you as competing with them. As I mentioned in the beginning, if you're doing your job and I'm doing my job, we're never going to put each other out of business. And if I'm selling more, I'm selling your food, we're never going to be competing. Like I'm not stealing your client, you know? So that was the issue with the first guy. He saw us as competition. So we did it for a week. He actually screwed up our first delivery and in the email complaining. It's another story I'll get into. And he thought the name was too similar and too different in the same email. He argues with himself, even though he basically told us to pick a name that was like his name, so in case we merged. Ah, another story. Then the second meal plan company, their food quality sucked. Um, so that's the other thing, is you can't control necessarily what the food quality is. Then we went to hiring a caterer, which is what I would consider hiring the chef, because at that point, we were dictating the menu, um, and she was just hired to make our food. She happened to have her own kitchen. Um, and then from there, um, we just stuck with hiring a chef. We, we never went to this. So we were hiring and then renting a kitchen after that. We were um, hiring another guy. We hired another guy who had his own kitchen. We hired a guy who was doing it out of two restaurants that he worked at. He worked at these restaurants. He didn't own these restaurants. And I guess the restaurant manager, the kitchen manager was cool with him. And he would pay him for whatever he needed. So people, you can get creative with this. If you know somebody in a restaurant, they might be able to do it. Now things you're going to want to consider is growing. You're going to want to make sure whatever you go with, you're going to be able to facilitate the growth. You're going to need refrigeration space is probably going to be the first bottleneck that you have because you can cook all day long. If you just have one oven, you can still stay up all night, keep cooking and bang out the volume. But you still got to put it all in a refrigerator and keep it nice and cold and safe for, uh, you know, plating and uh, pre-delivery. So refrigeration is going to be the first bottleneck that you're going to want to see around the corner and be like, hmm, I'm filling up this fridge pretty quick. I remember we had a walk-in that was like, man, I don't know, like five by five or something like that in this one kitchen we were renting. And we were like taking up half of it. We thought we were big dogs. We are just like, man, look at this. Look, we're like dominating this. He's got like two other, two or three other people who are renting space in here, and they're sharing like just half of this. But, dude, now our walking—we've got one walking that's twenty by twenty. We've got another one that's um, uh, eight by twenty-two. Another one that's weird dimensions that's bigger than the twenty by twenty, I think. And um, and a freezer that's twelve by twelve that's full of nothing but ice packs. Uh, or freezer space is another thing. Even if you don't freeze your food, we don't freeze any of our food. But freezer space, um, when it comes down to production, is going to be crucial because uh, odds are, if you are freezing your food, you're going to be needed for that. Duh. Um, 
but you're also going, especially when you're small, because you're probably going to want to be freezing your ingredients to get them to last to the next cook because you're going to overpurchase just because you can't get a half box of chicken or something like that. Um, but then you're also going to want to make sure you got plenty of room for ice packs. Because if you don't have ice packs and you have delicious food and you can't keep that food cold until it gets to your members, you are screwed. So those are the three. Um, now, like I said, if you're the chef, you want to escape it. Um, if you're hiring the chef, we're going to want to ramp up quick. Let's get the summaries here. Ramp up. We'll do exclamations so you know it's like, woo, but you're not reading that because these are my notes. Don't read my notes. And uh, what else? Private label. Um, oh, the other thing that we didn't know when we started this, okay? But in order to uh, purchase food, you're going to want to make sure that's a USDA approved facility. And these are very hard to find. Um, USDA uh, approved facilities, and you're going to want to check with current regulations. Like I said, we broke the, the rules, the law, or whatever, for a little bit. Uh, fortunately, we didn't get anybody sick. Thank you, like you know, thank God. And um, we just didn't know any better. We were new to the industry. Um, the caterers and meal plans that we were working with, they either didn't know or didn't care to tell us. And we didn't know until we were um, in business. We had our own 6,000-square-foot facility, and we were trying to um, sell food through a gym. The Department of Health came in. They're like, whoa, whoa. Is this food that you're selling here USDA approved? And Jim was like, I don't know. And they're like, these aren't USDA labels. Where'd you buy this food? They came to us, like, hey, what's going on? You don't have a USDA facility, which is like 200 grand a year or something like that for you to pay for the inspector to be on your facility and make sure that everything's taken care of. It's a whole mess. So unless you can find someone like that, not going to want to outsource. And like I said, even if you could find those people, the ones we were able to find, like they were small time too. They were kind of desperate for business um, just to entertain us. And uh, a lot of times they, they won't even entertain it because they'll either think that you're competing with them or they're not going to take you seriously. So don't hold out looking for this one. Try to think of something around here. This is ideal if you can make it happen. But if you're not getting any traction, don't let that hold you back. Try to figure out something and just you know, start, making, start making it happen. Now for a quick word from our sponsor, MealPrepBiz101.com. Regardless of where you're at along your meal prep journey, I've got content, tools, and resources that'll make your efforts easier and your endeavors more successful. If you're just starting out or maybe doing some research, I suggest you start with the free beginner's bootcamp. That'll come with a free ebook, an order tracking system, and tell you everything that you need to know in order to get started. If you've already started and you're looking to grow, maybe you want to book a one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly. I also have a private group, the Meal Prep Mafia, dedicated to meal prep entrepreneurs who are looking to share, grow, and learn together. Don't forget about the most amazing software that this industry has ever seen. It will practically run your entire business for you. And oh, did I forget to mention it's free? Check out all that and more at MealPrepBiz101.com. You're going to want to look up, and I'll put the link to it, Cottage Act. Um, Cottage Act food, or no, Cottage Law food. Yeah, it's Cottage Law food. I think it's in every state, but you're going to want to check and check out that link. But you can uh, make and sell up to, I think, $50,000 a year. And again, check with your state. Gotta check yours, but I think in Florida it's either fifteen or fifty thousand a year in revenue before you have to be producing out of a commercial kitchen, a licensed kitchen, and that is for uh, some items. So you're gonna want to look and make sure you know what items they are in your state, what the revenue max is. But that's one way if you were cooking yourself or you were to um, 
Well, hopefully, if you're hiring a chef, they have a kitchen that they can work out of. But that is one way that you can get out. I think it was made with the intention of uh, uh, like bake sales and stuff like that. You're obviously, you know, you're selling this food, this food to the public, bake sales, but, you know, it's unlikely to expect a bunch of moms to work out of a commercial kitchen. So I think that's what it came down to. And uh, a lot of, uh, uh, I know um, people at the farmer's markets, uh, the green markets, they take advantage of that. Um, it's a lot of homemade kind of goods. So check with your laws. Probably check with an attorney. I just want you to not do anything except for just check out that link and, and know that it exists. That's the only purpose. I'm not telling you to do I'm not telling you what you can do. I'm telling you to check with somebody else. Definitely check out that link because I think it would be something that would interest you if you're starting a meal planning company with just $500. Um, the next thing would be Looking for, uh, I told you about limiting the production, but think about ways that maybe you can get creative and offer more items without extending production. Actually, this, this, these are questions loosely related to what I'm talking about. These are questions for the owner of a company uh, called FroPro, and you're definitely going to want to check them out because they are awesome. FroPro, it's a local company out of, uh, I guess they're probably out of Boca. You know, I see them around Boca all the time. But they're out of Boca Raton, Florida. Um, I believe they ship nationwide, but check them out. Maybe it's GoPro, gofropro.com. But Google F-R-O-P-R-O. Delicious little, um, like, I'd say pre-workout, post-workout, whenever you want kind of snack. Um, really good. A bunch of different delicious little flavors. And it's uh, good macros, all natural goodness. But this is stuff that we don't want to make. This would be a pain in the ass for us to make. And this, this guy already does a killer job at making it. So this is a zero production item. So remember when I was talking about different bottlenecks? Well, we've invested in the refrigeration space. We've got plenty of refrigeration space. The next space, the next uh, bottleneck is going to be production. We're going to avoid that. We can offer more SKUs by just offering somebody else's stuff. This guy's got this stuff all nicely packaged. He's got a great following as well. Um, so it's known here in the local area. And I think a lot of our members are going to be stoked to see it on our menu, especially at a great price that we're able to offer it to them and the lovely convenience of bringing it to them. Think about other companies, especially local companies, if that's the uh, demo that you're going for. We are a local company, so we love working with local brands. I'm stoked to get this guy on the menu. But think of other companies who can manufacture stuff for you that you can put on your menu that's not going to kill your chef and kill your profit and make production crazy. Um, we started off before our first breakfast menu was actually made by a guy who would just come into our kitchen to use our kitchen and make the breakfast. And we, then we would pay him. Um, he also worked for us hourly, but he had the breakfast. So he had the breakfast thing on the side. He came to us. He's like, hey, I see you got a meal plan company. I'm selling my breakfast to a couple of gyms. Love to sell it through your meal plan company. So we're doing that. We're like, all right, just make it in our kitchen so you're not making it from home. He did that. And then he's like, hey, I'm also a chef. I'd love to work with you guys. Lance, awesome guy. I'm going to have to check him out. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, and we sold his breakfast. And that was our first breakfast menu because we didn't want to take on the production. We didn't have enough people to justify it. That's what you've got to realize. You're going to have some people saying they want breakfast. You've got to get commitments before you start adding other things to the menu. You're going to have some people asking for vegan. you got to see exactly how many vegans you got, how many are going to commit to it. Are there some people who are exploring vegan and they kind of want the option to have vegan or they think they do, but when they actually look at it, they never find something on the vegan menu that you like, you end up setting up 
you know, a vegan lasagna and you have to sell one of them and make a tray of them just to sell one of them, don't get yourself in that situation. Make sure that you have enough to justify production or have somebody else handle that production for you. Another great example, we found a gluten-free kitchen um, that was uh, doing baked goods uh, a few years back. We weren't set up really for baking. We didn't have anybody that was really strong with baking at the time. We were much smaller. And again, the production didn't make sense, but I could sell like three gluten-free muffins, worst case scenario, because I'm just driving down to this little gluten-free bakery and buying it. So that's easy, and that's a nice way to up our revenue. Uh, the thing that, I don't know where this um, saying came from, but Stephen, my business partner, is always saying this, and I picked it up years ago um, after listening to him say it enough, but people are coming into my store to buy jeans. I'm also going to sell them a belt, and I'm going to sell them some socks, because I know they've got legs, and I, you know, I've got, I know their jeans have belt loops, right? So I'm going to sell, sell them these accessories. If someone's eating paleo, maybe they want some gluten-free or some low-carb stuff, you know, some snacks, some desserts that make them or help them avoid the cravings that they're inevitably going to get. Think about that. Think about uh, creative stuff like that. Um, and make sure that it's something – what's cool about the, um, like the FroPro, it says like I think like probably s- – I don't know, three months shelf life or something. So it's not something I have to make regularly. Uh, another fun one is um, there's some uh, baked goods. Well, I guess this is unbaked actually, uh, but baked goods as well. Um, don't do bad freezing. I think some of them, we don't really have to do that anymore, but I think in the beginning we were freezing like cookies or something like that, that we, uh, we got these gluten-free cookies um, or the dough. That's what it was. We were freezing the, the cookie dough. Uh, gluten-free cookie dough or something like that. We just make the dough at one time, get an order for cookies, bang out like enough dough. We'd have the dough measured out. So it's like, all right, this makes, you know, a dozen cookies, take it out, boom, do the orders of three or whatever they were. Um, and the long shelf life is always going to be something that's beautiful because if you have to buy it in quantity, maybe the baker's like, oh, I only want to sell a dozen of them. It's like, no problem. Can I freeze them? Because I'm only going to sell three this week. I'm going to sell three next week. I'm going to sell three the week after. So instead of running back and forth, if this freezes well, and that aligns with your business model, you're able to freeze food, go ahead and do it. Like I said, back in the day, we'd freeze baked goods. Uh, we've never been big on freezing food, so uh, we haven't really, we don't really have to do that now because we have such quantity, like we're able to move and sell everything. But um, yeah. If you're looking for answers to questions or problems that I don't cover in any of my videos or content, then you may want to consider booking a one-on-one consultation with me. We'll do a deep dive into your situation and obstacles to find you solutions and remedies to get you where you want to be faster and easier. After growing Fit Food Fresh, the Florida's highest rated meal prep company from nothing, I can assure you that I've made most of the mistakes and dodged most of the bullets, and I can give you a perspective that will help you see around corners and solve issues that you don't even see coming. We'll book an hour at a time as needed, and I record every session and give you a copy so you don't have to worry about taking notes, just focusing on the problems and the solutions we're discussing. To book your first hour, head on over to mealprepbiz101.com. I'm excited to learn more about you and your service, and I look forward to helping you grow as a business, as an entrepreneur, and as an individual. Uh, As far as adding on items, another popular one that I see a lot of meal plans do is juice. Don't produce juice yourself. (laughs) It's a mess. Um, we've tried doing it ourselves. We know other meal, plan, meal plans who have done it. We are next door to Raju's, who is an amazing uh, company in South Florida, um, and they have a bunch of retail spots, but this is their corporate headquarters on the other side of that wall, and on the other side of that wall, that far wall three suites over, 
is their um, corporate production facility that they supply the retail places from. Juice manufacturing is expensive. It's messy. Um, it sucks. It's really, it's a brutal, brutal game. Don't get into it. It's a full business by itself. It looks easy. I know it looks easy. We tried doing it. We had a tenant when we first moved in here. We did a shared space kind of thing because we didn't need all the space. We needed all the, the kitchen time. He was doing juice. He put hundreds of thousands of dollars into it. Failed. It's a very hard business. So don't think you're just going to throw juice on your menu and be good to go. Um, another thing is if it's raw juice, like raw juice, our guys here love them. We would love to sell their juice, but you can't do it unless it's pasteurized. Um, so that's another uh, law. It's also not able to go to over state lines. Now you know that, just fun stuff. But it has to be pasteurized. If you're selling pasteurized juice, that's cool. Uh, high pressure pasteurization is the most popular one. Supposedly it destroys the least amount of nutrients in the process. And um, you are, I think you get like a 60-day shelf life with that. So that wouldn't be bad. But again, you're going to be investing in a big bulk amount of juice. It's going to be sitting on the shelf. You're going to want to make sure you can move it before it goes bad. Um, and juice just sucks. It's heavier. A lot of times the margins aren't great on it because honestly it's very expensive to manufacture. So you're thinking like, oh, I'll sell the juice for like 14 bucks. Probably only cost me like two or three bucks to make it because, you know, it's just some fruit. No, it's really expensive. And you're going to be like, oh, how, why is this juice company charging me nine bucks? Because it costs them like eight fifty to make it probably. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, that's all I can think of. The other stuff that I want to talk about, and I keep on having, I've been tempted to go into these uh, um, uh, different tangents. I think I covered most of it in the ordering system, which goes hand in hand with production and uh, the sales. So sales and the ordering system are before production because obviously you have to sell them to take the order. You have to be able to take the order to know what you're producing. So that's the order that I went in. Um, so I covered a lot of stuff that's related to that. So if you watch this, I would say you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not also understand how the ordering system plays into this, how the sales play into this, what the initial numbers are. Uh, I alluded to like wanting uh, 10 to 20 when you start, but with the chef, you're probably going to want 30 to 50, um, yeah, all sorts of stuff like that. Again, we're going to want to, 10 is such a great amount of meals on a menu, such a good amount. Now, you might not be able to make something for everybody, but if you can get away with 10, it's beautiful. 20 would be the absolute, the absolute most that I would recommend starting your initial production with, because like I said, purchasing efficiency um, and production efficiency are going to be very difficult when you're dealing with small numbers. Um, what else before we leave? I feel like there's something else. Oh, don't uh, listen. People are going to want to substitute items. You're going to want to switch out sides. You may have been on a meal plan and been like, well, why wouldn't they switch out my sides? I'm going to make a meal plan that lets you switch out your sides. Shut up. You're stupid. Unless you can figure out a way to charge people for that, it's a mess. The ordering system is going to be so convoluted and complicated. You want simple SKUs. If you have a SKU for this item with this side as it is, you got to have another tire skew when you change that side to green beans or to broccoli or whatever else. If you set the expectation, you're going to kill yourself because then people are going to demand it of you. 
if you just never offer it, nobody else is really doing it, not at a large enough scale and not at a high uh, quality level. Um, there's some companies where they individualize everything and people don't want that either. People also don't, they think they want to pick their sides, but what we found is picking seems to be the biggest pain in the ass for most people because you're catering to busy people and in the beginning they want to pick all their food but after a few weeks it's no longer fun to go through a menu and waste five ten minutes when you got this busy week going on so a lot of people forget and they need an automation program and it just becomes an inconvenience so imagine not only picking 10 or 20 items a week but then also have to going through go through and switch out the sides um, even if it's not a mandatory thing like if the side switching is op optional People are just going to stop doing it. They're not going to care enough unless there's something that they really hate, but they can easily pick around it. We've grown to, again, Florida's highest rated meal plan company in, in, in all of Yelpdom. Um, Google and Facebook, obviously, we, we kill it on there too, but Yelp is what we tout the most because it's the most credible. So we've done that without offering that. I assure you, we probably couldn't have accomplished such a high reputation if we let people pick their sides, because it's just another variable that people are going to expect, they're not going to appreciate, but as soon as you mess it up, bad news bears, and it's going to cost more for production, just to give them the same food. In fact, we've gone the opposite way. We've made it more simple. We make it so you can have, buy the pound stuff, and just get a tub of chicken, tub of steak, tub of broccoli, tub of sweet potato. You know, you can have a full meal, you make it yourself, and people love it. It's been going well. So um, that's over a half hour. Wow, we're coming up on uh, 35 minutes. Thank you guys so much if you're still paying attention. Hopefully this was beneficial. Uh, definitely comment below. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. Uh, like it if you feel I've earned it. I'd be very, very appreciative. If you don't feel I've earned that like, please comment below and let me know why. Let me know what else you want me to cover. And, um, yeah, that's it. My name is Casey Cochran. Proud founder and co-founder and CEO of Fit Food Fresh, signing off. Seacrest out. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to make sure that you've subscribed not only to the podcast, but also to my YouTube channel. And you're going to find links to everything below. But you have to understand, there's some stuff that has to be in video format. If I'm going through screen shares and whatever else, stuff that you need visual aids for, it's really not going to translate to a podcast very well. So it's only going to be found in a video format on my YouTube channel. There's also stuff that's only going to be done in a podcast because honestly i was too lazy to make a video on it and you're also going to want to check out mealprepbiz101.com because there's also some material that isn't going to be applicable to video or audio stuff like spreadsheets software consulting services where we could book a one-on-one -on -one, private groups and so much more you're definitely going to want to make sure you check out all three platforms podcast youtube and mealprepbiz101.com make sure you check out the links in the show notes there's always goodies there a lot of it will bring you to the aforementioned assets that i just uh, detailed for you as well as some free stuff so make sure you check all that out and don't sell yourself short. You might be missing out on something good, something that you need, something that I'll answer some questions, save you some time, or save you some money. But that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing week.